There is a fifth dimension. A dimension of sound. Damn it, Frank! We tell him to be quiet. I spill my hot cup of Uranus again. A dimension of sight. Hey, Arch. I'm gonna sock you in the puss. A dimension of mind. Nan Adams, is that you? Ah! Ah! Next stop, the Twilight Zone. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Fifth Dimension of Twilight Zone <laughs> podcast. I am your non-waving host, Nick. I am, of course, you know, here with my cohorts, uh, Jacob and Triv. We're here to talk about Sterling's favorite podcast uh, that he would have loved and not criticized if he were still alive. Uh, we, of course, are on audio feeds like Anchor, SoundCloud, Audio Boom, uh, Cups of Uranus, uh, Chairs That Move on Their Own, Maximo Drive. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm tired. We're here. To talk a new episode of the Twilight Zone. So before we do that, Triv, Jacob, uh, we are kind of our own Twilight Zone recording like a week and a half early or whatever. So how you guys doing? How's the future for you right now? Are we dead? Are we alive? We don't know yet. Are okay. we submersed? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Eric Stoltz is in Back to the Future in this future. Yes. Right. And whoever right. was originally supposed to play Han Solo uh, in the Star Wars trilogy was playing Han Solo. Probably Tom Selleck or something. Yeah, more than that. Yeah, likely. right. I mean, yeah, I mean that Tom Selleck and Indiana Jones was magnificent. I mean his his mustache. Oh my god. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was it was good stuff. Can you imagine it's Tom Maggie. Selleck with a mustache? Yeah, I was yeah, I was gonna say, can you imagine Tom Selleck with a mustache as Indiana Jones? How nah. all of them would have swooned in the eighties for that? I don't, you don't think have that would have been a it. thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can just look at YouTube thumbnails and people have photoshopped the shit out of that already. <laughs> well i'm kind of curious so they, they had um uh, tom Selleck remove his mustache for like one episode of the friends and it was weird do you think they would have done that for indiana jones or do you think they knew they would have known better because they didn't they keep indiana like he still was scruffy in the movies wasn't he I mean, a little he bit shaved? but he was pretty clean shaven i think <clears throat> yeah and like on young indiana jones when he came in he had a beard did he mm-hmm. he he was on uh, one episode i think and he had like a saxophone by a fire that's all i remember but he had a full beard because he was i think the story goes because he was recording or not recording he was uh filming uh some other movie i can't remember what movie while that was going on and he had a beard in that yeah i um i know it's on disney plus now the young indiana jones series um but yeah so other than that how the hell are you guys everything good everything grand fantastic not fantastic. It's not. No. There's no quality of mercy for you guys. Not currently, but that's no. okay. Are you guys part of the, the quality uh, of Cobra Kai? No mercy. <laughs> <laughs> if I see one more goddamn cave, you gonna go into it? You gonna go into it like Rudolph and fight off the abominable snowman? No, I'm just gonna walk away. I don't have time for caves. But what if what if uh, what if your favorite guy uh, James Corden was in there? I'd walk away even faster. She might run away. Gordon. Yeah. What if he was in a rack? What if he was in a rack costume? I would sprint away uh, into the speed force and get the fuck away from that shit. What if he offered you? Uh, like $3? Are you are you sensing a trend here? <laughs> no. Triv, he's offering you three dollars in a mouse costume. Why would Great. You he can it? offer he can offer it to someone who will appreciate his uh, Cord- unique take. Yeah, cordonistic talents more than I would. What if he's like? You can make perchance a dream number one. No. It's fine where it is. What about number three? No. 
That's not three worthy. It's like, it's not sponge worthy. It's not three worthy. If he could make it 156, I'd go in the cave. I'm sure you would, but uh, then you'd have to put up with James Corden as your friend for the rest of your life. Might be worth it. I think, I think that would be eh. a sacrifice he's willing to make. Probably. Anyways. Uh, yeah, well, somebody please think of the children. That's right. Okay, so we're here to talk a very controversial episode, apparently, according to Pace Magazine and uh, the, the the year 2023. Uh, this is an episode. Yes, sir. Before we go any further. Yeah. Is it controversial? Was it controversial or is it controversial now? It's kind of- I, I would I would assume like uh, 16 Candles. I would assume now. I would assume okay. not back in like the 80s and 60s, okay. which is I, I have to say this before we begin. I appreciate when people when people put a, pro- a lot of effort as much as we hate lists when the people actually do put effort into it where the certain where's the certain magazine or the certain site rank this episode i don't know i don't necessarily agree with because it's they're basing it more on the time today. than today i mean they're basing it on today of the time it's just like i understand we have to be more progressive now than we used to be but you have to i mean this is sometimes where i get lost we- in the weeds with the twilight zone well <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like, depending on your view, like the view of today is a lot different than the view of the 1960s. So, I mean, we'll get into why that is, but I think it's it's an episode that's not bad. It's not what I would call great. I think the one that we rank higher, uh, what was that episode? Um, Once upon a time? No, 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 no. Pur- the one, Purple the other Testament? World War II one. Purple Testicle. Yeah, yeah. I think. That one's a little bit better. I think it does a little bit more serviceable serviceable job with this material. But I, I think if we have to look at this from a Twilight Zone perspective, I don't think this episode is bad. And we've talked about this kind of idea before with like uh, the Clint Eastwood movies and stuff like that. So it's just it's just a really weird kind of way to look at an episode to blame it just because it was 1960. So therefore, it's obviously the one of the worst episodes to you know grace the Twilight Zone. And I don't think that is. It's not, I don't even the think other, it's close. I, I, no, no. The other thing is too, like from a, an IMDb, like any rating mm-hmm. system, you're going to have quite a vast array and you kind of take it with a grain of salt. They, they rank this one a 7.5 or sorry, 7.3 out of 10, which is a point like 0.1% better, 0.1 better than um, once upon a time. So I think from a, oh, okay. The general perspective, I think it for Pace Magazine, and we've seen this a couple of times with different pieces. I think they're they're looking at it more from a twenty whenever it was like twenty twenty perspective as compared to a sixties perspective, or they're not able to like say, okay, I understand that this was part of it. Like the biases that we bring into it, and that's I mean we do that here too. There's a lot of these that are we kind of look at and we bring our own biases into where we rank them and mm-hmm. whatnot. But I I think that that I mean that kind of the yellow face thing it it definitely plays in i mean it's how do you in that time to be able to um convey you know dean stockwell playing both characters i think you maybe would have lost people if you would have played them as a different character well yeah some I, mean, I, think I, I don't know i it's i it you just can, it comes it, come, it comes I from a time and era where Hollywood was completely different than what it is now. And I I just think that like, like putting this episode in, you know, a negative light, which I'm not saying it's, you know, I agree with what they did, which I don't because we come from a different era, but I think, you know, discounting this episode because it does something like yellow face. 
I, I don't know. It, it, it just, it, it, it feels like we're, you know, blaming something for the fact that it came out in the 1960s. So therefore in our 2023 mentality or our 2020 mentality, whenever, you know, somebody reviews this, I think is a little misguided, a little short-sighted. I think, you know, you have to look at this episode from a, especially us doing a critical standpoint, you have to look at it from, is the story good? Does it have a message? Can we, can we move past the point that we feel like this episode is a decent episode? And I, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes we get wrapped up in this, like, oh, it's, you know, it's the fault of the episode for making us feel like it's a little racist. I mean, is it a little racist? Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, you can say the same thing about 16 candles, but it's just, it's of the time and that's the way things were, you know, are you going to blame Al Jolson for blackface and, you know, in that or the whatever. I mean, it's what it it is, what it is. I see this differently. I don't, I don't think this is, I don't see why this is controversial and I don't think it's racist. Well, it's just the mentality of today, I guess. Well, I mean, and, and everybody, I mean, if you guys, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to change you guys' mind on it. I'm just saying no. from my perspective, and I respect everybody's opinion, but I don't see what they did because everybody in the episode is not, you know, in quote unquote yellow face. It's just one right, character, one but there's a reason that he is. It's not like they just right. whitewashed as something oh, gets no, no, thrown away absolutely. a lot. Like, that's not what they did. I mean, they, they took a character who there's a reason for those of you that we haven't gone through it yet, but there's a character that an American, well, I guess he's American. He's American Caucasian. soldier. Yeah. Caucasian. Yeah. He's American. He's American, whatever. And and then he, a uh, white guy. He's a white guy. Yeah. And he, they put makeup on him later in the episode for a reason that we'll get to, to where he's Japanese. Like and his, it's not uh, played for, eyes, it's, it's not played for laughs either. It's, no, it's actually no, it's not quite like serious, a, which is Jerry Lewis or anything. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, he, he, that's the crux of the episode. He sees what it's like from the other side. Now, I mean, the only other way they could have done this was have an actual Japanese person show up, like cast someone who's Japanese, and then we just know that that's him. But 24 minutes is all they got. It was, I feel like, more impactful, which is important. Yeah, also, my, my complaint is, of this, no, I said my complaint of this episode has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It has, it has everything to do with where the hell were they filming this episode because the sound quality of some of the dubbing and some of the sound quality of the stage work. Well, it sounds like the mics blew out or something like that. I mean, we'll get into it, but it's like, that's my complaint of this episode. It has nothing to do with, you know, Dean Stockwell and yellow face. Oh, we'll get to that. But the thing I think from hearing what you, I didn't do any research on this episode, but I can definitely see it, especially nowadays. It sounds like what a lot of people talk about with this episode is that they had someone dressed up in makeup and, Accent and the thing and is, like that's Japanese. not really. So that was the the kind of Pace magazine take on it. Looking at the IMDb um, reviews, just kind of skimming through them, they, there is some like on and off talk about that. But by and large, it's said that it's not necessarily the most memorable episode. Like the thing that yeah, brings that's it down my biggest is, problem with it. it it's not it it kicks it it hits you where you live, but it's not. And you can see for Rod Serling, it was probably a really like an episode that. You know, all he wrote ones. from oh, all those, absolutely. The World War II. World War yeah, II, this is like, like a very personal to him. Oh yeah, well, this, especially this one was in the theater that yeah. he was he was in, just like Purple, Purple yeah. Testament. Absolutely. Um, well, well, actually, I just, let me, yeah, let I, just, me in- I didn't okay, see. Okay. I, you no, know, we'll get to. We'll, we'll we won't harp on it too much, but just like from that, I could definitely see people of this era saying, "Oh, it's this." They dressed up this guy in a uh, as a Japanese man when he's white. It's like, yeah, but that's. That's part of the story. You need that for this character becomes this other character so that they can see from the other side. That's fine. I mean, look at a movie like 
uh, Cloud Atlas, not depending on who you are, not the greatest movie visually. I love that movie. Good. Yeah, <laughs> there's a whole like sections of that movie that everybody's in Asiana like makeup because it's yeah. and there's there's a reason in the story why, but like you've got famous actors like Tom Hanks and stuff like that walking around with like their eyes pulled back and stuff like that, and nobody had anything to say about that. That was made in twenty. 12 13 something like that right yeah. um i i mean i'll talk about it i think if they had just left dean stockwell as himself instead of putting the makeup i think it would have worked a little bit better oh like because, like, like a quantum could, leap where we see him one yeah way. yeah because right. they could still they could still have the same purpose i just think the makeup's like really terrible that's just my honest opinion it just it feels but let me introduce this actual episode before if you were like what the fuck are these guys even talking yeah. about They're like <laughs> a good question no um <laughs> But this episode is um, <laughs> season three, episode fifteen, called "Equality from uh, Quality of Mercy," directed by Blaz Click, written by Rod Sterling, from an idea from Sam Rolf. Uh, production code forty eight oh nine. Air date December 29th, nineteen sixty one. So the last episode of nineteen sixty one. Uh, stars Dean Stockwell, Albert Salmi, Leonard Nimoy, Rayford Burns, Ralph Voltrain, uh, Dale Ishimoto. Um, this is the eightieth episode of the Twilight Zone. Just to let you know, that's crazy. So 80 episodes, that's absolutely so crazy. This is this is technically officially the longest podcast I've ever done. I said that before. I think this is officially the longest one I've ever done at this point now. So, congratulations, guys! You put up with me longer than most other people. So, <laughs> but once again, as Jacob alluded to, this is a World War II episode. Uh, of course, Rod Sterling was in World War II during the Pacific Theater, so he knows this kind of stuff very, very well. It's stuff that he is very probably it's probably very difficult. It's probably very difficult for a man like Rod Sterling being in a war, dealing with both sides or dealing with the idea of having to fight an enemy that he knows nothing about. So these kind of episodes, I'm sure, are very hard for him to um, write and work on because I, I, like we've like we've talked about, imagine being on the other side and you have commanders and lieutenants who feel like you need to kill the enemy. But there's no justification for that that feeling, I guess you could say, because all about it's all about tactical, it's all about landmass, it's all about you know conquering. But to get from the to like what Clint Eastwood did with the, the two films, see it from both sides, you realize people are just the same on both sides. There's no difference. It's people not wanting to be there, but becoming becoming kind of forced to, or realizing that their mistakes are you know th their feelings may be misguided and that's what this whole episode is about is about an individual who is so gung-ho about the enemy and not realizing that maybe the enemy is not what he thinks it is and that's always a powerful thing and that's what we saw in like purple testament and we see you know world war ii well, movies and stuff like that and so forth we see and and i think and you you mentioned uh, flags of our fathers and uh letters from iwo jima uh, yeah Two really good movies, by the way. Special, special Absolutely. letters. Absolutely. Letters yeah. from Iwo Jima was really good, but um, the the idea behind this episode and those, I think, as soldiers, and this is just unfortunately a fact. I think this has been most soldiers throughout time, unless they're zilliots, you, they have to be like conditioned to not think about that person's family. That is a person. They're not. They're not fighting people. They're fighting the enemy. That's why they call them yeah. the enemy. They don't refer to them. They they want to dehumanize these people over here because they have to go kill them and oh, yeah. you well, it's know, like they're thinking Vietnam about with charlie and something like that they, they yeah. instead of calling them Viet vietnamese people they're like that's charlie so they're automatically the villain it's just the same thing so yeah it's you have to take the they need to be mindless drone they they in order to kill that many people like 
and and win a war unfortunately they need to you know not think of them as human beings and that's like i think that, that what those two movies and this show is trying to show is that yes unfortunately that is how it is for the most part but they are human beings over there and they're they're yeah. the same way they're they're told hey we've got a all wars that's how you fight that's how oh, yeah. soldiers grunts are is they don't think about the humanity of it all they think about we have to win there's an obstacle destroy and uh well, I it's you that, or them basically yeah and they they them whatever don't need to be a them they just need to be a thing they're not a human being they're something that needs to be eliminated and i think it's it's that is unfortunately just how it has to be in order for people to be effective killers or soldiers they uh it, it's sometimes it's okay to pull back pull that back and look and see the humanity in people's because as we'll see in this episode while that's effective sometimes well, most of the time unfortunately in war sometimes it's you got to stop you got to say what is the, there's no point to this at this moment right now mm-hmm. well and don't you is, think yeah. too like that whole i mean even from rod serling's perspective coming you know you and, and i you hear people talk about it from time to time but like you go from having to be this killing machine there and you, you know, leave the war field and come home to regular and, life. Right. And how do you readjust? I mean, look at how many people over the course of time, like the stories that they hold and just the, mm. you know, I'm sure this was probably as much therapy for him as anything, just being able to write it out and, you know, get the stories down on paper, work through that trauma. Well, being out there well, in, I mean, those, in those wars like that on the front lines, which we don't fight wars well as much as we did back then they're still frontline people but back then it was very much frontline you know you drop people yeah. down and they go in with guns ablaze and i mean these people that were in these theaters they killed who knows how many people how do you live with that because when you're in the foxhole as they say or you're in the middle of it all you're probably not thinking about that you've been conditioned not to so when you get home and you go and you lay down and you see normal people and you start to think about all the lives you took. Yeah. Even though they were the enemy, it was you or them. That still affects a person. And that's, yeah. That's, well, I mean, that's, they talk about it I in this imagine. episode. The, the When the lieutenant comes into the mix, the sergeant's like, I, we have no idea how many people we've killed. I mean, what's the point anymore? We're, these guys are these guys are wounded they they have no more fight to give and it just shows you it's like it's like watching i think the perfect example for an a uh, thing is like band of brothers and there's a point in that episode or the, one of the episodes where the guys who have been there in, in the the pacific particular war that they're in or the particular area are watching these new recruits coming in gun ho and they're going you know they're kind of just like what the hell is wrong with these people it's just that mentality that once you see it start happening, you start realizing that it's just, it's not, it's for not basically you're killing people for what, like, what is the purpose? So you can, you know, feel good for you about yourself. That's why when I talk to, you know, people all the time who were in wars and stuff like that, they don't want to talk about it because it's just like you go in guns a blazing, like the Lieutenant does. And you realize that maybe it's just not the right line of thinking, I guess. I don't know. Well, and, That's and why it, like it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, because the unfortunate truth is to win wars, wars, death, wars is about killing. That's how they, they get won, yeah. unfortunately. And they can't go in there thinking about that stuff. They have to go in there and just like kill. Well, no, I know. It's, it's just, but, you can see the, you can see the difference between like so the, the fresh, yeah, the fresh wet behind the years lieutenant. Oh, and yeah. The sergeant sure. who's oh, that's not like, even a question. You know, they haven't been met with the yeah, reality yeah. of the situation right. yet. Well, and it's, people. it's facing, it's facing life too. I mean, you could, you could. You could change the scenario of this and have a person that's worked a job for 
you know, however many years, then you've got the new recruit guy. That's just like a completely different perspective. You know, it's that experience and that kind of world weariness that comes with having to like deal with not just the, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, kill some jobs or props. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly that versus the person that has seen all of it, you know, seen friends die and knowing that you aren't invincible, you know, that, that plays in too. That's what I get a laugh about. And you mentioned Call of Duty. And I don't mean this as like a, a knock against people who play Call of Duty, but it's always funny to listen to kind of the banter back and forth, people playing Call of Duty. And then, you know, they're like gun ho and, you know, killing. But it, it's funny because when you get into like the reality of it all, it's kind of disturbing, to be fairly honest. Like you watch people playing this video game that is literally you shooting the enemy and you're, you're against another person. And it's just like, it, it's, it's interesting how our brain thinks when we're in different perspectives you know we're in a real war your brain is completely different than like playing a video game of a war and it's just i I don't blame anybody who plays call of duty i'm just saying it's like it's an interesting thing to think about like the the ideologies and logic when it comes to the real thing versus the the fake thing i guess i don't remember um what movie it was was some it was a war movie and i don't remember which one but basically the whole thing came down to the goal of war is to kill more of them than they kill of us. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, like you say, that's one of those truths that it's hard to wrap your head around, but it is still intensely true. It sucks. And that was a UE Bowl movie. <laughs> was it? <laughs> it was it's, a ton of rats. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> It sucks, but it is true. I mean, it's. People want to rag on war all they want. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying we should have wars, but it is just a, it's a reality. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. I mean, it is something that's there. And in order to win wars, to be an effect, you have to have effective killers and effective killers have to, you know, kill. So they can't think of that stuff. And when they do, I mean, that's, you know, that's probably when they've had enough. I, I think if anything, these types of stories go a long way in showing that, like, maybe I've never been in a war. I'm not a soldier, but. I've known people that were maybe like, and they may do something like this. There needs to be like a, a, a amount of time that people are on these fronts. Well, not now we don't really do it like that anymore, but maybe they should like after a certain amount of time being out there in the middle of all that, maybe someone should be, you know, taken out because yeah. they're, they're eventually it's all going to come back to come back and the, the, the crows are going to come home to roost or whatever chickens are going to come home to roost and people are going to start <laughs> thinking of that kind of stuff. And, you know, then they're not going to be as effective at their job and they're going to end up getting killed or getting someone else killed. That's yeah. a lot of training down the drain. Yeah. Like all these people, um, the people in this episode, besides this one gung-ho guy, they're done. You know, I mean, they're they're like, you know, they're not going to, I mean, we, we sympathize with them and what they're going for, but at the end of the day, they're not going to be effective at their quote-unquote job anymore because they're just, they're they're spent, they're done. They're not, they're not in it anymore. Look at the whole Afghanistan and, and Iraqi war. How many people like, I mean, I've known people that have done multiple tours and, you know, they, they come back, they get, you know, we're talking four or five tours of duty and just the, the toll that it takes on them constantly, you know, cause mm-hmm. you just get back to some form of normality and then you have to turn around and go back again. I mean, I can't imagine like that's whiplash right there. Really? Well, some of them we find out this has nothing to do with the episode. Um, I, I think other stories have explored this, but some people, especially in more recent times, uh, people, they, that's one of the reasons they go back is because that becomes their normal. 
Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And then they can't handle the being out in the quote unquote real Western world, at least. And so they, they choose to go back because they feel more comfortable within that. Not necessarily killing, just that's become their life. That's become who they are. And they, they don't know how to operate amongst the normal people anymore. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, I've known a couple people um, like that too. I can't remember which movie I watched that was like that, but with that said, uh, this episode was filmed at Howard Studios instead of MGM facilities uh, because they had a like a pre-made jungle area, which you know makes sense. Um, Maybe that's it's an episode. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, it's an episode that takes place on August 6, nineteen forty-five, which is significant because of um, certain events that happened in the Pacific Theater War to end the war, which we'll get into. And I, I, I have questions about that. I want to ask you guys about, but we'll get to that. Basically, this is an episode that has Dean Stockwell and Leonard Nimoy. Uh, this is before Leonard Nimoy went on to play Spock, so it's very weird to see him without you know Klingon early or not Klingon. Um, Vulcan. Uh, Vulcan. Thank you, Vulcan ears. I'm gonna get ringed for that. I'm sure. Uh, Vulcan <laughs> ears. It's Jacob's like you son of a bitch. Hey, can I say real quick? There. Yeah, I am. Once again, I'm man enough to admit that I didn't notice it was Leonard Nimoy. You know, I didn't. Either. I only noticed. You well, guys I mentioned it last week, I and I totally picture... forgot. So I looked it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> well, to be fair, I only noticed it because I saw a picture of Leonard Nimoy because he's like he doesn't do anything in this episode. He's just kind of in the background. Yeah, he's which one is of the really soldiers. the American soldier, right? It, it's really weird because you, you think about it, it's like this guy becomes a huge star with Star Trek, and you know later directing and stuff like that. And here isn't just in the background. It's just, it's it's just very weird, but it's kind of like. That's kind of cool because you when you see it. But uh, Dean Stockwell is, of course, notoriously known for, not really notoriously, but known for one of my favorite TV series of all time, which, of course, is Quantum Leap. He, of course, uh, is in uh, Billy Hills Cop Part 2. And it's basically an episode about... And he's young. Very. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I think he was, wasn't even 30 yet. He's born in like 1937 or something like that. I think like they that. call that wet behind the ears. Yeah, he was. Right, he right. was uh, I wasn't expect. I didn't even notice it was him at first. I knew he was in this well, episode. Well, here's... Well, I was going to say, like, his voice is so different in, like, Quantum Leap that, like, when you get that very, like, very young voice, it's so different. It's so kind of, it's like when we get to the next episode with Robert Redford, who's going to be in the next episode. I'm sure it's going to sound way different than what we're used to him sounding. But it's just like, you know, these guys are literally talking. They're there to smoke out the Japanese uh, war or the Japanese soldiers. And they're having trouble doing it because the ones the soldiers aren't coming out, they can't get it far enough into the the from the airstrikes. And it just basically is and then these groups of individuals are just kind of tired of dealing with this. Just like, what is our point? And then, of course, you get the wet behind the ears lieutenant come in who's played by Dean Stockwell. And he's like, no, we're going after him. We're going to the front lines. And it just becomes a morality tale about is it worth the squeeze to go in and take down these people? Like, is it worth your soul? to do that and like i mean what do you guys think about like this kind of you know back and forth where the sergeant's like we're, we're done with this we don't want to do this and they're being forced to do it by someone who just doesn't understand like what war can do as a toll on an individual and stuff like that well he comes out like because he's you know fresh and all that stuff he doesn't have that that understanding of of what it is to be in that space like i, I had a friend yeah. that went through um he was in iraq and one of the things that they learned first off was if they stopped someone on the roadside, they would, you know, pat down the, the man. But if there was a, a woman present, they would let, you know, tell the man to pat down the woman 
because if the mm-hmm. soldier touched that woman, she was dead, essentially, at least at that point in time. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where, like, they understand the ins and outs. They know what war in this theater is. You know, they're they're they've gained that that Pandora's box of knowledge that just comes with experience. You know, you can tell someone until you're blue in the face. Hey, th- you know, this and that and the other thing. This is a situation. But you can't change that person's mind until they see it. And obviously, Dean Stockwell's character had something to prove here. You know, he's coming in and he has to, feels like he has to stake his claim and be like, yeah, look at what I did. Well, actually, let me ask that question to you guys. This guy's a lieutenant. He's uh, wet behind the ears. What I don't know much about progression in the military because I was not in the military. And wouldn't a lieutenant have fought some portion of a war? Or am I missing he something? Been, he may have gone through like I know sometimes uh, like the officer training. Yeah, officer training like through school or something. Oh, like okay. So and they even would have been if he had bypass all if, that. Well, no, and even if he had seen combat, it could have been in a more because oh, this is obviously been, yeah. a more rural. Like you know, if if he's got people above him and he's trying to emulate them, you know, if you're in under yeah, a place, yeah, it's a different. They're in the Corregidor, which is um an island this might have been or it's an island in the philippines so i'm guessing like a lot of this may have been like what uh roth went through like this kind of island in the pacific type of thing so this might be oh, close sure. to where he may have been uh positioned or whatever i'm sorry right. jacob i didn't know if i was cutting you off so i apologize no i was i mean i was just saying i, I think that sometimes people can get into officer become an officer like starting with like uh start higher because of their education I don't I don't know oh, back okay. then if that's how it worked. I know that that's a thing now. Right. And even if you think like, and this isn't, this is more of a general statement, not specific to the military, because I've said with you guys, I don't know a lot about it. But like, if you're, you know, if you grow up in a big city and that's all the stuff that you know, and then you go to like a small town or vice versa, all you have is like that, that stuff that you learned. And, you know, those are your experiences with the world. So to see it like from that perspective of, oh, these guys are slacking off. What the hell? You know, they're just being lazy. They don't see the the reasons for the the that they're hesitant to go do the thing. Well, he just wants to. Yeah. I, I don't, and I don't look at the guy as like bad. Being no, no, he's misguided. No, he's doing what you know a soldier's supposed to do. He's coming in. He's been told, yeah. hey, "Hey, we kill all the Japanese. They're the enemy. We kill them all. There's some in there. Got to get them." I mean, maybe from his perspective, it's that if we don't do it today, maybe they'll kill somebody tomorrow. But these guys are telling him, they're like, "Look, man." They're dug in in there. They're beat. They we beat the shit out of them. They're beat. That's they're in there licking their wounds. They're done. There's there's no point to us going in there and not only risking ourselves because that that's the, that's what I gathered from them. But it's not about us risking our our own lives. It's that what's the point? It's like going and beating a dog that's like been hit by a car and still just limping along on the side of the road. It's like well, yeah. there's no point to it. They're done. They're spent. There's right they're seeing a little bit of the humanity there. They're like, it's, they're not a threat. Just leave it. Just let them be. They're not coming. Cause they, they even make the point. They say something along the lines of, uh, they're not coming out. The war could be over and they wouldn't know it. They'll be just stuck in there because they're, they're in there dug in. And he, their point is like, this is, this is a point. This'll be a pointless kill. They're Japanese. They're the yeah. enemy. But what is the point of, with these guys? And he's just like, Nope, they're Japanese. They go. Which, I mean, neither yeah. of them are wrong, I guess. And, I mean, he could have a point. I don't know if he ever said it, but he could have a point. I mean, you know, yeah, what happens if they, you know, 
they gather themselves back and they come out and yeah, let's say we let them go and they take out a, a platoon or whatever of, of our guys well, next week. I mean, you could look at, um, and I know that I'm going to a movie and not real life, but you could look at same probably Ryan with the, the German dude that they let release. They release him because like he, uh, Tom Hanks character released him and he ends up getting shot and killed by the same dude at the end of the movie. I mean, there, there is that possibility. It just, that was a little I, I think, nose, but yeah, I mean, well, yeah, but idea. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um, I mean, that's basically what this uh, this stuff is. It's just what happens when somebody has to see the other side and doesn't want to see the other side and berates his people who have seen the other side from a, a particular advantage. And I mean, that's kind of where it leads into the opening narration for this episode, which is a little longer than I'm sure Jacob wants, but. I mean, nah, it's not too bad. I guess not. I haven't read it. Let's let's do this thing. It's August 1945, the last grimy page of a dirty, torn book of war. The place is the Philippine Islands. The men are what's left of a platoon of American infantry whose dulled and tired eyes set deep in dulled and tired faces can now look toward a miracle. The moment when the nightmare appears to be coming to an end. But they've got one more battle to fight. And in a moment, we'll observe that battle. August 1945, Philippine Islands. But in reality, it's high noon in the Twilight Zone. So there's gonna be a there's gonna be a a, sh- a standoff. There's gonna be a gun battle. I mean, there kind of is a... really if you want to think about okay. it. That okay, way. John Wayne's gonna appear, yeah. and then Clint Eastwood's gonna appear, and then <laughs> it's high noon. Okay. I'm telling you, yep. yeah. Um, and Kurt Douglas, no, Kurt Russell, right? Yeah, and uh. Yeah, and, uh, you're you're gonna see Ken Watanabe go let them fight, and it's gonna be a big battle. Leonardo DiCaprio show up, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, Sharon, Sharon Stone. Stone. Yeah, yeah, Lance Russell Henriksen. Crow. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Anthony Zerb will be there. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're gonna see Timothy Oliphant there name? too. Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> he just takes out everybody. Seven is Morgan Freeman gonna be? Is or... Kevin Costner gonna be there too? Yeah, with a big uh, shootout at the end. Yeah, really kick ass shootout. People are like, uh, you named like 85 movies at once. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, Who's the other guy from Westworld? Um, Ed Harris. No, no, the original the original movie. Yeah, Yul Brenner. Yeah. He'll show up. Yul Brenner fight Ed Harris for the role of the Blind Man in Black. Give me Yul Brenner any day of the week, man. Yul Brenner. Really? Yes. Yul Brenner as uh, as, uh, the king. Or Yul Brenner is Man in Black. Man in Black. There was a character. Or Yul Brenner as Moses or as a uh, Pharaoh. Yul Brenner someone, generally is a pretty damn good actor. Someone could go to a Halloween party in high school as Yul Brenner as Gandhi. <laughs> Much good. like in uh, Once Bitten. Oh my God. With Jim Carrey, who also uh, played Doctor Eggman in Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> with who also Jason talked out of his ass. Who <laughs> may have painted. Who found the number 23? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Anyway. So back to the real thing. Um, <laughs> so anyways. Um, Weirdest game of, of be- uh, seven degrees of separation I've ever, se- I've ever seen. Six yeah, degrees of separation, not seven. The 45 degrees of separation. Of, yeah. uh, can, can we get to porn? Of mercy. Can we get to porn? <laughs> Probably. Can we, yeah, I mean. I don't want to uh, play this game now. <laughs> not tonight. <laughs> If, uh, the 45 degrees of porn within seven degrees how do we how do we get dean stockwell to porn we'll, we'll do it that way like dean stockwell was in a movie with bridget nelson nielsen who isn't no uh anyways back to the episode bridget nelson i mean 
No, I'm just saying. What like, is the name we'll of get, this porn? We'll get Bridget, we'll get Bridget <laughs> Nielsen to porn in some form or fashion, like from Dean Stockwell. Um, we just need to get the Tracy Lords. She was in some Hollywood movies. Yeah, <laughs> and you're there. She needs to be your your trajectory. She was a blade. There you go. Oh man, was Chris Rob, was, Rob, was uh, a blade? He was in like some westerny stuff, so I feel like there's a connection there somewhere. Was Rob Wesley Lowe in Snipes there was in that that bad western movie? It was bad though; nobody else was in it. So I feel as if we can do this thing if we really put our minds to it. <laughs> right, right. Um, but before we do that, we'll we'll have you transition from uh, I've done it. You know, okay. white guy to the black guy or something like that, so you can see the other side. Um, anyways, Absolutely. with that said, um, a lot of this stuff. It's just back and forth between soldiers, the lieutenant berating the soldiers, the soldiers realizing they don't have a choice or be court-martialed. Basically, that's what it's boiling down to. They're like, you have to listen to this web behind the ears, guys. I mean, what do you guys think about, like, Dean Stockwell in this, in this role? Like, he was supposed to be actually – he was actually supposed to be in the lead in Purple Testament, if you guys remember. Yeah. But he couldn't do it because he was busy or something like that. He had other things he had to do for, as an actor. But I mean, we could say like Leonard Nimoy's in this episode, but he doesn't really do anything. But like yeah. the two main characters before the switch are uh, Dean Stockwell, Dean Stockwell, and Albert Selmy. I mean, what do you guys think about you know these two individuals? I think Albert Selmy is fantastic. I think Dean uh, Stockwell is yeah. fantastic. I mean, what do you guys think? I thought he did. I thought he was very commanding, but um, not. He came across as quote unquote. We keep saying wet behind the ears, but didn't come yeah. across as like dumb or like naive. He came across old well, naive to a degree, I guess, but he wasn't like that typical wet behind the ears, like, oh, you get like a goofy goof. Like he has like yeah. no experience or at least no, he has a head on his shoulders. He's just coming from a different perspective than these guys. And he's not spent like they are, but he comes in and he was very commanding. He's like, no, you're doing this. And he like, he he held his own against them. I, I thought it was, and he was, he's clearly younger than everybody else there. Right. Or at least he, he looks at, it, he's portrayed that way. And I thought he was, he was pretty commanding when he came on. Yeah, I'd agree. I think he, um, regardless, and and you don't get the uh, the notion that he's saying this without conviction behind it. So he does yeah. come across as one that believes exactly what he's preaching, and yeah. he's right, um, because he's been told that, and that's what he sees and what he believes. And the other guy's wrong. Well, I did but like they're the, both, uh, but they're both doing that. They're both doing that. Yeah, and well, I like I like that dichotomy there of this episode that. Neither of them are wrong and neither of them are, they're both right. Both of them are right from the right perspective. And it's not like, oh, he's, he's wrong and he's just terrible. What he's saying is right. But what the other guy's saying, he has a point as well. So I, I think you've got two people with a, a just point. It's not like you have this one guy who clearly is just, just, just wrong, outright wrong. And then this guy who's outright right. We, we get that in a lot of stories throughout cinema of like you've got the person who's clearly the right one and then you that the writers want you to side with and you've got this guy over here who's just clearly just a dumbass and just wrong outright and it's like to comical degrees even almost so you will absolutely side with this one these two if you really think about it look at it you're like i mean i see both their points right they neither yeah. of them is outright wrong but um you know it's like what do you do here you've got two rights which one do you pick Right. I mean, you sympathize more with these guys probably that have been there, of course, and I think you're supposed to. Well, too, I think you know there are times, and obviously there are there are comical Twilight Zone episodes, but this is not. If you tried to play this for comedy or even lightheartedness, you know, if you went and took Dean Stockwell's character even a little over the top, I don't think it would have been 
it's not the kind of story that you do that with. You don't play this as goofy. Well, that's not what Twilight Zone does either. And that's probably a lot of that is Serling. Oh, no, absolutely. If you notice whenever, it, especially World War II, but pretty much any war, but especially World War II, whenever that's a subject, it's not comical. There's no, there's actually kind of devoid of any type of like, uh, uh, lightheartedness or humor yeah there's no levity even really yeah levity that's, that's yeah there's, there's no levity in those episodes under i mean and it's it's clearly uh something and we understand why that he feels very close to and very passionate about yeah <laughs> most of the comedic episodes i don't think are ever really written by ross sterling to be fairly honest at least i don't think they are i could be wrong about that i'm actually looking for most of the witch episodes episode. the most of the comedic ones. episodes oh the comedic yeah, yeah i think I'm actually looking up, uh, maybe the most unusual camera is trying to think of, I guess he did, right? Well, the most I, I unusual think... camera definitely had its own, it's comical, but it definitely had its mm. own edge, too. It's a dark comedy. Yeah. Yeah. For, you know, it's a goofy, um, sitcomish comedy, but it is, it has its dark moments. Yeah. And not to say, like, Serling definitely had a sense of humor, but I think when yeah. it comes to things like this, I mean, there, there's yeah, no one, way to season do... one final. Right, exactly. But there's definitely yeah. like you need to have that that deeper sense yeah. or something like this. And his writers' room probably helped. Like when it comes to comedy, Rod Sterling seems like he's a like he's a very humorous individual. Apparently, he was. Oh, he's but, hilarious. Um, yeah, but I, I assume that he had help with the comedy because comedy is very hard to write. Like mm-hmm. I, you or I or Jacob, we can be funny in person, but to write comedy is a whole different beast, and you know that type of thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about I'm fucking hilarious. <laughs> you fuck hilarious? Does hilarious fuck you? It's very unfortunate when they when they laugh. Ah, that's all right. We still love you. I don't know, Jacob. I might have to. I might have to do some research. You know, to find out if you're and, you're hilarious. Fucking and hilarious. How hilarious yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you know, we need to do research for this podcast. You didn't know that, so. Well, anyways. let me know how that works out. <laughs> Let me know what yeah, what, yeah. what you come to find. I mean, I might have to I might have That's to research this episode to find out if we're telling the truth or not. You know, there's, there's maybe, uh, maybe we should listen to another podcast. I don't I don't know. There's stuff so. on the internet, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, the transition happens where the twist in this episode is he drops the binoculars. He comes up and he's now a man of a different culture and different nationality. He is now on the Japanese side of things, um, as we find out two, three Yamura. years prior. He's Lieutenant Yamuri. 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 Yeah. Yamuri. Yeah, I thought yeah, they said Ahura. Like I mean, Leonard <laughs> Nimoy is in this episode, so you never know. Um, but basically, he he is a, he's confused about where he is. He sees all these new you know soldiers, and he at first thinks he's like being captured. I'm guessing because that's why he runs towards the cave. But then the cave fights back by shooting at him. Uh, I guess the sergeant is in the cave or whatever. I, I think that's the same guy, the same sergeant guy from the the Albert Salmi guy. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but no, this was a totally different time and place. Yeah, well, no, this was, but, this like, was two years I, earlier. There's no correlation. It's just an. They're only identified as American. They're not identified as anything. Well, no, no. That. What I'm saying, like, is it like a reverse where like the guy in the cave is is the sergeant that was part of the platoon no that we saw earlier so it's no. a different a completely different it's person just it's only listed as a group of americans they're not listed as them i think well no no i mean they wouldn't know who the these actor. individuals are is it the same actor were we shown that 
I didn't. Yeah. I thought it was just yeah. Oh, we show we, he shoots we, at him. Yeah, and the, he like trips over. It's real quick. Uh, yeah, so that. I was I was curious if it was just like a reversal, but then again, like you said, this is nineteen what forty five. This is forty. This, this is forty two. Forty two. So it, it could be the Japanese. I, I don't know. It's re- this is a part where it gets really confusing. Where it's like, is this supposed to be like a reversal where the Japanese have the upper hand? I mean, it's just yeah, that's basically it's the same cave. But it's the same cave, so it's just like, is it like a reversal of fortune? It's the exact opposite, where it's the same scenario, yeah. but it's told from a different point of view. The American soldiers are the ones that are in there sick and wounded now. Right. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's meant to be the same cave. I think it's just like they probably because oh, it's well, reversed side. It's very confusing. I guess is my that's my main problem at that point. Reverse situation. Maybe, I, don't right. I don't think it's. I know it's a different time. I don't know if it was a different place mm-hmm. or not. I can't remember, but um, it's just supposed to be this same situation but flip-flopped well that's why i would think like if they would have just done like same day but just have it be reversed i think that would have made more sense here they're making it sound like all oh, the japanese eventually got put in the same scenario so therefore it's like showing like the but it, but it's supposed to be just like what do what would happen if you put this guy in a scenario where his his commander is basically him telling him that they need to go in and kill the americans and he has to have like a a crisis of conscience and stuff like that. Right. So it's really, it's not, it's not what I would call well thought out writing. It's, it's thought out in like a very, like he, he knows like what this place is like and stuff like that as a scenario, but it just, it feels a little kind of chaotic and a little messy, I guess is the easiest way to put it. I, I mean, I, I thought it was instead of like something like we already referenced letters from Iwo Jima, where um, you're kind of seeing the other side of the story here you're you're seeing it at the same time as flags of our fathers that's yeah. the thing i was trying yeah yeah but you're like yeah you're seeing the other side um literally the other side of what's going on with them instead of doing that here and having him transport to inside the cave with the people that are in there and seeing what they're saying you're seeing the same situation from the other side not the other side of that Whoa. situation but the same type of situation i think he he right. was just putting it because all of a sudden because before he had zero compassion for the people that were in that cave he was like they're the enemy that's what he's been trying to do now he's put here and he does these are his people over there even though he's somehow changed there's americans in there so all of a sudden now he's thinking about them as actual people right as, uh they're they're those right. are human beings in there that's not the enemy and now he you know he's being told by this person who's more or less saying to him what he said no that's the Basically, enemy. word for word yeah yeah, and he's like, well, but no, but th- what's the point? He's like, they're they're sick and wounded, and he's like, I, that's the enemy. Go fucking kill them. You're supposed to. That's your job. And I think that's when it dawns on him that oh shit, that's what I was saying. Oh, I know. I I, I get that. I get I, that's the point. Like I was trying to make. I, I get what you're we're saying. I'm just saying, like from a writing technical standpoint, it would just have been nice to have it more cleaned up. Where it was just basically the is basically like flip flops. So the Japanese are are winning and they have to like he has to see it from that angle it's like the idea of humanism and stuff like that i guess that's where i was trying to lead into so i get i get what you're saying as well but it could have gone either way i mean it was just they needed a situation to show him on the other side so he could sympathize with not just the 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 human beings i think it was less of sympathizing with the japanese like the enemy yeah but just sympathizing with or, or seeing to stop seeing them as just the enemy and his people yeah and i I gotta ask you guys you know this whole this whole thing is about him coming that realization do you think it works do you think it do you think it's successful or do you think it's because of the time frame and the amount of time they have left after the act break do you think it it feels 
justifiable. Like, like yeah, because like feel when like he becomes minutes. no, no, and when he becomes the the Japanese soldier, it feels like we're rushing to our conclusion. But I I, I always feel like there there is that fine line that you have to balance when it comes to like the transition where he I guess maybe because of his captain like it allows him, but it almost feels like it's too quick and too fast that you almost need more time to have that kind of realization and justification. I don't know. That's just me. I'm not sure what you would add in there, though. You know, you've yeah. got the 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 point of that whole bit is for him to see that a, a superior telling you this thing is fine and it's important and you have to follow orders. But just because the lines flip doesn't make your opponents less human. No, I know. I I, I get that. No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm saying I'm, that, that. I think. I think that's what they were going for. It's like that was kind of the crux of what that was is being able for this one guy who was so regimented and, you know, singular of thought to be able to see that, okay, there's more to this than, you know, situation reversed. There's more to this than, you know, my, my fellow countrymen, you know, behind the thing, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's my fellow human beings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I guess I almost would want like a, like a two-parter that I guess that would be my thing, which is would be like, the first part is the whole America. I mean, I, maybe it would be too long. Maybe I'm just thinking from no, it's okay. my point of view, but you would have like the first part be the American well, side, like a 20 minutes. That, and then the second part be a 20 minute of the Japanese side. That, I guess I just wanted more development is what I, I think that would, that would work with like, we keep going back to it, but Clint Eastwood's movies, like that was yeah. the point of those movies was to trying to show humanity through just showing the interactions of these people on the other side that we Typically, it used that, like just showing them in their day-to-day during this time to show that they are as human as we are. Um, yeah. And, you know, some of them don't necessarily believe in some of these things. Some of them do, but they're still human beings and went that route. This one does more so to show, not us. I don't think it's trying to show us that they're human beings because I feel like that was Clint Eastwood's um, with with his movies, Flags of Our Fathers and uh, Letters of Iwo Jima, it was trying to show the audience that hey, these are human beings too. Because we, you know, we think of that war, we think of the Germans and the Japanese, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so the and I mean, you look at like Germans and Nazis and all that. I mean, it's till this day there are still people that just kind of like view all of them like they were all that. That's what they all were, but that's yeah. not the case. And I think that that was the point of those movies and those stories. This story, I think, is more just trying to show that there were people that didn't think about these human beings as human beings. Is like they they were see the humanity. And what this story is trying to do is show one of its characters the humanity of the other side. Because you know, if you notice, Clint Eastwood's movies never did that. They mm-hmm. weren't trying to show the character. They weren't trying to prove to the characters. The the characters were not supposed to learn of the humanity of you know their enemy. Yeah, us. We were supposed to. Yeah, see. yeah. And here, you get like a, let's say you get like a scene of like the soldier's family when he's with his family in that movie and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I get I yeah. get what you're saying with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is much more about the character learning that than us. And I mean, I guess we learned something in in the uh, uh, in, in the middle of all that, but it's more about the character learning, having a journey, not us so much. Um, I have a, uh, I don't know if this will count as a sex con, but uh, I think the sergeant says pea green shave tail. Pea green shave tail? He also says yeah, a bandy legged buzzard. You know, I mean, that's that's probably better. Buzzer. We haven't had one in a while, so I mean. 
Yeah, I just heard him say that. I'm like, oh, that's. But I think Trev is better. So I've been really <laughs> slacking on the Sexicon. How dare you? Well, you know sometimes, sometimes they outlive. Two clicks away. <laughs> I have zero for season three. So what we what we say? We said a P. P green shave tail. P green or P green? Green, like the green. color. Okay. And shave shave tail. Green shave tail. You know what? That is so out there that, that I feel like that could be worked in anywhere. <laughs> What was the yeah, other one? Like... Uh, a bandy-legged ba- buzzard. Bandy-legged. Buzzard. That's what we call. It. That's what they called my thing in the in the early nineties. Bambi shaved buzzard. I like that one. I too. actually thought it was okay. bastard, but it's buzzard. So, I mean, can you imagine the uh, the the uh, what is that word called? Outrage if they said bastard on the Twilight Zone. Oh man, that wouldn't have flown. No. You know, funny, funny enough, I think that sometimes it, it back then, especially. Hell, leading all the way up until like the 90s and stuff, certain words that we, you know, curse words, they could be used if they were used correctly. Yeah. Yeah. For like, like what they actually meant, like hell. You could say hell yeah. if you're referring to the place hell. Um, damn. You couldn't just be like, damn it. But you could talk about someone being damned. Right. Bastard. I mean, if you were talking about. A bastard son of a sea cook, yeah. Yeah, you that actually say that. back back in the forties, so there was a movie called Arsenic and Old Lace, and they actually had to change. So at the very end, um, Cary Grant's character says something to the extent of, um, "I'm the bastard son of a sea cook." They actually had to change that because of the time and place and stuff. But it was the forties, different era. So well, I mean, also that particular word being a bastard back then was oh, it was like, terrible. Like that's the- like. No, I, I mean, mean nowadays hell lots of bastards running I, around but yeah <laughs> i mean i took a recording of my cock but they got mad and i just showed them as a picture of my rooster so i was like well look at the wrong. bible i mean you've got I'm... ass and you've got ass in the bible referring to a donkey i mean yeah exactly that's another one ass if you're talking about a donkey there were there was a time when people would refer to a da- ass was not a bad word right like well, it's like now. when you when you say, uh, here's my bitch, and you're pointing to a female dog. I, I don't know yeah. why female dogs are called bitches, but I, okay. I don't know. I don't know where where like where that, that word comes from. I don't, I don't get it, but yeah, like, here's my bitch. Smack female my dog bitch up, and you're just smacking your dog. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, yeah, same thing. Like, when yep. I'm like, hey, I want to fuck. You know, it's not bad when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, do the, I think the F word <laughs> I was watching. is always bad. <laughs> yeah. So I got to get to the real question uh, about this whole episode. Once again, do you think the makeup was terrible? Like it feels like it feels like caked on, you know, low budget looking thing. Like they literally just go let Dean Stockwell just beat Dean Stockwell and play it off. Like he, you know, is a Japanese soldier instead of making him look like a Japanese soldier because it, do- it doesn't look right. And I- I'm not saying that from like, oh, it's racist. I'm saying it doesn't look like right from a, like a makeup standpoint. It just looks really is off. Is that because like, you know what Dean Stockwell looks like usually, and you know that's Dean Stockwell? Like, if it was just some random other guy that you hadn't seen, I think it still would look awful. It just, I, I just think the makeup is bad. I just think it's, it's, it feels like you know a wax statue almost a little bit. Like he, if he had just stood still, they they could have passed by him and they would never make, like say anything different. I don't know. Look at and this is this is kind of off the off the subject, but I bring it up. Look at the original uh, Mission Impossible and um, uh, Tom Cruise playing the senator. Like right. obviously yes, that's prosthetics yes. and things like that, but it kind of has that same feel. Yeah, it's like couldn't you guys have done? A, 
I mean, I know the budget's a little bit less, but like the the Twilight Zone is hugely popular at this point. I think they could have found at least a decent makeup stylist to do a little bit I, better I, job. I, I think too, to some extent, and this is my own personal belief, but like obviously this 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 episode was so freaking sweaty and i think that oh, the yeah. combination of like this like because he was very sweaty in that they time were spraying with, the fuck out with, of these dogs well right with good reason and i think that kind of took away a little bit from the makeup too because mm. he was so shiny which obviously you know he's trying to understand what's going on there, there's a lot of stuff at play there but i do think that affects the way the makeup looks as well i know that right. i mean i'm looking at pictures of it now which i saw it it doesn't look terrible i see what you're saying i don't yeah, think but it's it, it feels terrible. a little off it yeah. stands out, but I, I do wonder is that because I know that's Dean Stockwell? And, that's possible and, well, that's too. True. I mean, but like, like but, but we can go into like uh, when uh, Eddie Murphy played like uh, when in makeup as a white guy, like it was you know, you remember that from SNL when he goes, um, or coming anyways. to America, yeah, it's like that makeup looks good. I, I don't know if it's a progression, uh-huh. of makeup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jewish, Jewish, uh white guy or whatever but it, i don't know it, it's it's a small nitpick but the worst the worst offenders in this thing is the audio like i mean i i've heard some bad audio in my time especially from this podcast when we first started out but my god there was some echoing going on there's some reverberation going on i don't know what the hell is going on but i'm like you guys need to get some new mics or you guys need yeah. to spend more budget on mics or high mics better but it feels well, if like they were the mic, they were on the a different the sound ceiling. stage if they were yeah. on a different sound stage i'm sure that probably affected it too the, but if you if you are a sound stage like howard studios which was a very important sound stage for that time you, you better have your soundproofing fixed and you better have ways for your especially a, a production like twilight zone I think they're a little bit smarter than than this. I I just feel like that they, they were on a time crunch and they got lazy. And <laughs> when they were like overdubbing, because like one of the Japanese soldiers definitely is dubbed. You can tell he's being dubbed over, and it's really noticeable. But it, like the, the the reverberation, there's no excuse for that. That just feels lazy to me. Do you think that Triv. they definitely um, he had an accent once he became yeah. Japanese? Oh, they they, <laughs> they refer to that, that as yeah. the um as the uh, breakfast at Tiffany's accent. But it's not me- like it's not it's not that bad. It's not like uh, no, long, it's not like laid on like super thick. I'll give him that. But it's there. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, think oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. he should have done that, or he should have just talked like normal? Once again, I think he should have been Dean Stockwell, no makeup and talking normal. And they, but how would they, they have played just as well? But yes, but how would you have conveyed to the audience one hundred percent that he what he was Japanese now without showing him at some point? Maybe show him in the makeup the for like a minute. But then you got to like show you got to explain that oh we're seeing him that way and all that, and they have such a limited amount of time. It's like, do you think they were just like, look, just put him in the makeup because we're going to have to show though? him as Japanese at some point or something we have to convey. Maybe they were just like, look, we ain't got time for all that shit. Just put him in the makeup. <laughs> well, couldn't you have gotten that, that same thing by showing his uniform and kind of like if they're addressing him, like I, I think to some extent, because we've had we've talked about this before with previous Twilight Zone episodes, the studio did a like they, they add those little bits in where it's like, oh, well, here's this thing. They didn't trust their audience enough to kind of say, OK, if the if the if the soldiers there are seeing him as this other person, OK, he must be in the shoes of some other officer, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, the uniform would. But that's also we are watching this with a we're watching it. Like with a critical eye, we're looking at, we're we're taking notes, all that. What about in 1961, 62, the person who's just watching this in their living room? Oh, yeah. And they're looking over here and all that. And then suddenly this guy's 
he's in a different uniform, but were you paying enough attention to the uniform to know that it changed like that much? Or are you just all of a sudden like, wait, well, what? he's I still think I mean, he gained... captured. <laughs> I still think that there's enough like as he's referred to like his whole like what's going on why are you referring to me this way their whole back and forth <clears throat> I think gives you all the clues you need to understand that okay he's not well the, he's the not the person also, that we that we thought you know I mean I can see that. Mean, I, I I agree and I'm not disagreeing I no, think no, no, it could have gone that way and been fine but on, on the flip side of that to to talk about i know maybe i guess it was just the one article i thought you guys were saying it was more but the people that are saying oh they shouldn't have put him in the makeup or not just uh how good the makeup was or was not but just for like you know cultural reasons right i don't have a problem I, i'm like either way i'm fine with it i don't see the the, the issue there now i mean as nick said the bad makeup Yes, I see it, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I hate it as much as you do, but I don't. Right. I, I'm cool with the, it either the, way, honestly. The only reason I bring this up is, and I, I I hate to go back to Quantum Leap. Sam Beckett's character played a black guy and an Asian guy a couple, a few times on the show, and the only time they ever reference outside of the people knowing that he was like was a black guy is when he showed him in the mirror there's this episode where it's like is very much in the vein of like uh that um jessica lang jessica tandy morgan freeman movie driving miss daisy or something oh, yeah like that. yeah but they did that every where, episode on quantum leap where it would show him and he'd look in well, the mirror no, but, and see who he was and he would see like right, the right. person. and that was kind of like a known with that show that but that's I think they even point, referenced like, it where well, it's no, like no, hey he's do, not but, we see him differently well no but the 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 point i'm trying to make is they show him in the they show him in the mirror, so we got a reference that he is, you know, what a different skin color, a different kind of nationality, and then it just it's just uh, uh, what's his face, the guy from you know Sam Beckett's character throughout the rest of the episode, Steve Black. So yeah, Sam Bakula. Sam Bakula. No, no, was he? What no, it's uh, Scott Scott Bakula. Scott, yeah. yeah, yeah, guy from Star Trek and and CIS. No, I, I but like my, that. that's my point. Seriously. It's just I, I think you can do it. I think you can do it better. But like I said, it's still here and there because it's still a decent episode. Um, this was really bad sound, and I, I think the Japanese soldiers are actually the better part of the episode because the, you have the one guy who's a commander who is basically the the lieutenant, the guy that that this uh, Dean Stockwell guy is playing. It's the opposite, same guy, same character, basically. And then you have another Japanese soldier who's more like a he he has more heart. He's more of like individualistic in his views. So he comes off a little bit better than the the commander of this group. Well, he's on the and, same level as him. Yeah. As yeah. That, and, uh, uh, Stockwell's character. Yeah. And like I said, the other 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 Japanese soldiers like, you know, it just it just feels like he is a little more like humanistic than uh the the commander who wants to go in and kill everyone you know sight unseen type of thing it goes a long way to show like the commander who doesn't come across as wet behind the ears is is uh stockwell's character from their perspective from that side i mean he's not wrong he's like enemy in there go get them well they're sick and wounded it, it, they're the enemy go get them and the other guy's like hey just chill you know this is what we do fighting a war come on hey buddy yeah I know, you know, it is, they're not that much of a threat, but that's just what we do. I think it showed, um, like, you, some of the humanity between of those characters. Yeah. What, what do you think about uh, Dean Stockwell's character getting bitch slapped? <laughs> that's always nice he's to like, see. He's like, slap. I mean, at this point, like, they, 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 they make him stay behind, which is basically a way for him to transition back to him, his lieutenant self. I mean... Like, like when he looks down, I think the idea of like the broken binoculars is interesting. 
because like it almost feels like a um kind of look into his psyche which is a little broken now so maybe it feels like a kind of you know i don't know what the word is but it almost feels also, like kind of God. you could also say it's a change in perspective like yeah, the, the yes. not the rose-colored glasses uh not taking it away from from jake by any stretch but um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know the, the 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 lens of which he viewed the world was changed yeah, it's now it's now not as whole as it used to be. That type of thing, as he thought it was. What was the deal with always that binoculars? By the way, I mean, we. Just, I think it was, it was just a transition I think it was, piece. It was like a like port key yeah. from Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like the broken broken binoculars almost feels like kind of like a commentary on here's a guy who felt like he was doing the right thing, everything was perfect, and now he's, he's seeing things through a new lens. Exactly. Yeah, it's a little broken. He feels a little broken. <laughs> I don't think broken Jacob, so much. You forgot just the explosion, a, sir. He, you know, it's like though they say like war is hell. It changes. It changes yeah. everything about you. You know, you you came in with a certain way of viewing things, and now that's been shaken. But you know, you but see more because of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it hasn't been stirred. He forgot to put the vodka martini in there. Hell of a thing. But anyways, uh, with that said, we come back as he picks up the broken broken binoculars, and he's back to his old self. I, I here's how I view this. I think it's a little convenient and a little on the nose to add in the whatever Nagasaki or Hiroshima bombing that happens. I don't remember which ha- one happened first. Maybe it was Nagasaki. I think it, I think me personally, if they just uh, they were getting ready to go in to take down the soldiers and the lieutenant's like, no, we're not doing that. Maybe you're right. I had this feeling premonition type of thing. But it says that like. Down. Well, that's the thing, but like instead of like the lieutenant doing the standing down, it's the end of the war that stands down, and then the lieutenant's just kind of standing there, like no, the the guy who told him that the war was over, he said that like command had told them to you know back off, everybody stop, but th- they wanted to see what the Japanese were going to do since they just dropped this. Because I mean, yeah, the bomb is what ultimately ended things, but it just happened; they didn't know. Right. They dropped it and they were well, like, all right, we just blew the living shit out of them. Back off. Well, no, 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 they no. Do. Maybe they'll surrender. I, maybe they'll, we don't know. I, I get that. But like the whole episode is like, it, it's about this lieutenant who is gun ho about going and destroying the enemy. And then when he comes back into his reality, it's more just like he just, like they just got lucky and the, the, the bomb went off and destroyed. And instead of him kind of learning, it just feels like they kind of pushed him to the side to have like this other segment. I feel like maybe not had the knock, maybe not had the atomic bomb and the episode, maybe have the realization of the individual more because it feels like it's more just kind of cheap for an ending. To be fair, I think that's, that's still how there. I feel. I mean, I think it's still there that he, he learned his not lesson but he he he, well he learned but it was like it was learned for him instead of him just being going you know what maybe you're right you know as they're yeah well they 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 touch on that because afterwards the um uh albert salmi's character uh he says something like there's there's going to be other foxholes or caves or whatever don't worry there's plenty more people there'll be more wars more people for you to kill and he he he's like reassuring him that don't worry you'll get your blood you you can satisfy your blood less down the line and even he's just kind of like to himself or whatever. He's like, I, Jesus Christ, I hope not. <laughs> it's like he realizes now that that's, I don't want to do that. No, I, 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 yeah, I get that. Like th- that makes total sense in what you're saying. I'm just saying like in a Twilight Zone sense, it feels like just a cheap cop out to add in the atomic bomb 
to end the whole the episode it feels like maybe like oh he goes up to the sergeant he's like you know what you're right and they like look at him funny and like you know what sometimes the quality of mercy is whatever like it may that be a too little on the nose but it just feels like he kind of got off a little bit easier than what they instead of being realizing you know you're right here no the atomic bomb is going off so therefore that's the end of the episode i don't know i, I, think I, was, I mean that would cop out that would have worked i mean i think either way would work with the, the 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 point is that he's had a realization i mean that for me at least yeah i think it would have worked either way i don't know you should, I, I think if the you're bomb the, you're the tiebreaker here oh god that's a <laughs> terrible idea um i i do think that the bomb being that it was still you know you're whatever 16 no sorry yeah 16 years away from that and you kind of see the what became of that of the world because of those things like you know it was really truly a shot heard around the world and I, I think that the way that the bomb is used there is kind of to say, okay, this is a definitive thing with this guy. You know, it's 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 a turning point. You know that that's kind of how I took it, but I don't know. Maybe that's me just being. And I, I guess I should have known when they said when there was a specific date that pops up in this episode of August 6, nineteen forty-five, that the bombing of Hiroshima was going to be a, an integral part to some point of this episode. I just, I like I said, I just me personally, I feel like you know maybe not the bombing just feels too on the nose, and I know it's Rossoni, he's very much entwined with the the war in the Pacific Theater. I just, I feel like it does a disservice to the episode. Would it have been more impactful had when he came back from his his quantum leap, if like he was like oh, and he's like oh no, I gotta something along the lines of oh no no, I gotta stop this. We don't we don't need to do this, and then like. The other guys walk up and they're like, hey, "We did it." And yeah, like, I mean that could like been, we we wiped them all out. Wow! And then he'd be, be like, like "Holy yeah. shit!" Oh no, the, you didn't have to do that. And, like, and then insult to injury, they come up and say, "Hey, everybody, stop! The they dropped a bomb. Let's wait and see what they're gonna do." And it would have been like not just, "Hey, from a humanistic standpoint, you probably should give it a rest." But now you didn't even have to do that. It was all for a waste. It would have just been the end of it. It would have been the most depressing ending ever. <laughs> well, then you throw insult to injury, and the guy that like they bring up one of the dead Japanese soldiers is Dean Stockwell in the makeup. It that would have been too. That would have been too meta. I think. Maybe not him yeah. in the makeup, but like they throw his body down and on his little thing. It says Lieutenant Jamori. You're right. <laughs> well, but right. that was a thing that happened two years previous too. So I think that would have been. I still think that would have been, been too a skeleton much of with Lieutenant. Yeah, Jamori. there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, it's 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 the uh, premise of that sci-fi movie that uh, 2047 or whatever. Oh god! It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reviewed that. Yeah, but no, I like yeah, I, I still get comments for that movie. So that, I got a comment last week for that movie complaining about my logic and talking about the movie i'm like motherfucker i saw that movie in 2020 i don't remember what i did yesterday sure did we did we record yesterday the movie had. A i don't lot remember what holes. i did yesterday the movie had a lot of plot holes i remember that yes had a cool yes, idea but then it was just like execution was yeah all over. but as true said we recorded yesterday i don't remember recording yesterday so not, like the thing that it. we reviewed we recorded yesterday yeah i hope so no we recorded the we did a Jacob. Uh, see, Jacob doesn't MI even remember we recorded yeah. yesterday. Jacob, we're like four weeks ahead already. You don't remember we recorded like all four up. No, but yeah, I mean that that's the episode. Like the the war ends or the war will be over in the next few days, and it, that's the end of the like whole situation. He kind of learned his lesson, kind of saw the other side, and overall, like, what do you guys think of the episode? Like, it's not one fifty three on one fifty six no, episodes, not even remotely, nowhere nowhere near. So, what do you guys think? Well, we need to do the outro before Whoa. we do we'll get to, we'll get to, we'll get to that trailer. 
No, I, I just want to know what you guys think. I, th- I think I, I, I've seen this um, a couple of times and I, I always enjoyed it for what it was. I think it had a good message and you can tell obviously that Rod Serling wrote it from a place of experience and whether he was working through trauma or wanted to tell the story or, you know, whatever the reason um, that he holds with himself as well as the ones he shared with, you know, the public, but yeah, it's a solid, it's solid twilight zone. It's not like the greatest one ever. It's certainly in my mind, at least not as good as Purple Testament, but it, I think it's a pretty solid story. I agree. I think this is a, a, a good episode. Um, I don't think it's like as good, like you've mentioned, as good as Purple Testament, but I think that the message in this episode was really good, and I was cool with the way that they conveyed it. I mean, it's not like... I think it'll be on the, the on the first list when we go to rank, I think, probably. So yeah, I, I, I like this one, and it does have a lot of... Uh, if you're a fan of and why uh, I say here, I say this, I did point out some differences in it. If you're a fan of like the, the Clint Eastwood duology of movies about World War II, I think you'll you'll enjoy this. Um, it's only 24 minutes, so it's trying to get like a, a heavy message across in 24 minutes. And I think that they, while, you know, choices and some mistakes were made, I think overall they did a good job with that. But I mean, I'm a Gen Xer. What do I know? Shush. <laughs> I mean, I'm a millennial, so I, for, I don't know anything either. So, just for anybody in the comments who wants to I mean, speculate on when I literally straddle the line between both. So, birth was. I mean, I mean, I know people like to watch, listen to other podcasts that deal with the same subject matter, which you know is all right. But you know, I mean, maybe not like tell me about it. Like, I don't care. You know, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just saying in hypothetical. You know, if you tell me about let other it podcasts, go. let I'm, it go, let it go. I don't know what you're it's talking not, about, Trev. I'm just saying hypothetical. I'm worth, just saying, yeah, just, just what, what are we talking about, Trev? I'm just saying hypothetical, right, Jacob? <sighs> hypothetical. Yeah. yeah, hypothetically. I mean, Gen I, X is between born between 1965 and 1980, by the way. So, like, I mean, I do, like neg- I, I spend, which I am saying that as a negative. I, mean, I spend that, a, like, not knowing what I, mean, I spend a lot of like, hours eating wisdom. I spent a lot of hours with the Twilight Zone. So, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying hypothetically, I do spend a lot of hours with the Twilight Zone. So, oh, but we're just too yeah. vulgar. You know, that's really the issue. Yeah. Yeah. We were born yeah. between 1965 and 1980, or I was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob comes from a, a time of. I guess technically you guys are Gen Z, aren't you? No, I'm millennial. A, I'm millennial. Yeah, yeah. Millennial? Is that not Gen Z? What's Gen Z? Gen, Gen Z, Z is after Alpha. Or, I think. I think. 96. Millennials are eighty oh, through ninety six. Oh, you're millennials. Yeah, little millennials. Uh, well, the thing is, I I'm like generation. right on that. I'm right on that line. Magenics. So. <laughs> I'm just saying. All I'm saying, Triv, is it's all hypothetical. You know, we will. Uh, we we are who we are. Is hypothetically we are who we are, and we won't change. And if people don't like it, they uh, they can go find another Twilight Zone podcast. Hypothetically, they can go find another podcast. So I'm just saying. Themselves. Hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically, right? Jen? Hypothetically, so, hypothetically. No. And there's always that thing about not feeding the trolls. Hypothetically, hypothetically, hypothetically not feeding the trolls. <laughs> Quite honestly, I understand some people don't. Uh, with what Nick and I are referencing, some people don't appreciate. Uh, I don't know, Sean Jacob. They don't appreciate because anal. Some some yes. of my more colorful uh, vernacular. I just look at it this way. They're just words, you know. Man. Hypothetically, you know, dude, if I had am my I, I'm, on, I'm, what am I? Chop liver? I mean, I'd like to think I, you know, Hi- hypothetically, my Trib, own level. Hypothetically, Trib, you have given me your theater, so I mean, hypothetically. Oh I mean, fuck you and your pleasure emporium. <laughs> 
not literally. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, just okay. You can get yourself a strap on and and fuck your own pleasure emporium. I mean, I'll give you a strap on. You can fuck the place. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll give you the the come shot of this episode with the outro, Jacob. <laughs> oh, <laughs> outro. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to. Oh, I had to do a hypothetical. Uh-huh. Hypothetically, hypothetically, the outro goes as follows: The quality of mercy is not strained; it droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven above the place beneath. It blesseth him that gives him that takes. Shakespeare, The Merchant of Venice, but applicable to any moment in time, to any group of solitary, to any nation on the face of the earth, or, as in this case, to the Twilight Zone. So also hypothetically, that, also hypothetically, yeah. um, if you're talking about MST3K fans, they're not as clean-minded as you may assume. I mean, why yeah. would you even yeah. assume that? Hypothetically, yeah. I said hypothetically. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. We are a hypothetical podcast. It doesn't give a fuck. We'll put it that respect. Well, we give a fuck uh, about Rod Serling and you know the Twilight Zone, but we don't, you know. I just I, so apparently Rod Serling's a, a Shakespeare fan, huh? Well, I think he was going for something greater than just the basic. Well, no, like uh, there's there's been other episodes titled after Shakespeare, right? Plays, so I think he was a huge Shakespeare fan, from what I gathered. Well, he was well read. I mean, I think he can. I mean, it's not like I did any research on that or anything. So, well, I mean, it's a Merchant of Venice. It's not rocket science. No, but yeah, there's a couple episodes that are named after like lines of dialogue in uh, Shakespeare. So, and there is also a very not well received episode called The Bard. So. This is true, which is hypothetically the greatest episode ever. Number three on that list. Right, right. Of of the four season, not our our list, but the four season. Yeah. Actually, unfortunately, that's sadly the last episode of the four seasons. So we have to go out with a whimper on that season. But now we'll deal with it when it comes. We're I'm hoping I love the it. four season and it's just every episode. That's gonna be the like, greatest thing ever. Right. Like, Jacob's gonna try and put everything above per chance of dream because it's so great. Hypothet- that's yep. actually a good word to use hypothetically. He'll think it's like the season ever. How many episodes were left in this season? Well, I have uh, less than se- less than half at this point. Like uh, there's only 156, so I, I can't do. No, this, this season point. specifically, uh, we're at 80. Um, oh, you talking about the the, the, the this, third season? Third we're season, like almost yeah. halfway through. We're uh, I think we got there's like 30. It is episode episodes. 15? So there's like 30. Uh, 36. Episodes, so. a little bit, a yeah, little bit so, less than half. So yeah. I'm looking forward to season four. Like, and the thing is, so there are there, there are good and bad, like everything else. Jacob, I think gonna, it's more gonna, just the length of everything. We're gonna that give makes you it... a quality of mercy when you find out about that season. It's gonna be <laughs> wow. a quality of mercy on Jacob. Hypothetically, a good quality. Hypothetically, a good quality of hypothetically because um, anal. We'll just put you in really bad hypothetical makeup. anal mercy. mercy. Yeah, I, shots. I, love them all. I just hope I love them so much. <laughs> like, I'm just waiting for. Well, us and to again, there there are good and bad. Double in time. We're gonna be spending so much time talking about a forty-five to fifty-minute episode or sixty-minute. So. Oh well. Anyway, get a more so, comfortable chair at that point. Yeah, me too. I got a comfortable chair. Um, I know you do. <laughs> Jacob's, Jacob's gonna hate that season so much that he's gonna do it in his uh, motorized chair. It's just gonna be like, Jacob, how do you think about? It? I'm gonna back and forth. Come on, <laughs> in the episode be like. He's gonna have he's gonna have his cat with him. Yeah. No, sir, I don't like it. Oh, Jacob, you should do like in uh, was it one of the Austin Powers movies when Mister uh, uh, Doctor Evil comes rolling around, but the chair just malfunctions on him and goes like up and down. And it already did that you know, to me while I was trying to get it working. 
Nice. <laughs> Almost threw me out. Oh, man. So, anyways, what you guys said, wondering, that... we're talking about my sex chair. <laughs> yeah, his swing, his sex swing. <laughs> So, anyways, with that said, that is uh, season three, episode fifteen, "The Quality of Mercy," uh, which, like I said, is a uh, it's a pretty good episode, I think. So, with that said, uh, let's head into the Twilight Zone ranking list, the greatest ranking list, hypothetically known to man, because we love ranking lists. Um, oh yeah, this is gonna be on the first one because the last one on the first one is the Odyssey of Flight Thirty Three. I like that episode though. Is this better? Than, like, wait, Odyssey of Flight Thirty Three. Which one was that? Oh wait, that's, that's where they go the back in time. It, it, yeah, it kind of uh, informs Langoliers. I was thinking of uh, season three, first episode. Was it? That's two. No. Then what was maybe the season? See, the one where the guy had. You're the thinking twenty two. Wait, guy are you had... thinking like the first season, the first episode of the second season, the King Nine will it? not return? Yeah, King Nine will not return. That's what the I was Sandy thinking. episode. Yeah. You <laughs> hate it. Everybody. Like, sorry, I hated the ending. That the ending just. Um. By the way, we're talking about the quality of mercy. I would put this under. We'll start with season three, episode one, which was two. Is this better than two? I don't Charles think so. someone? Yeah. Yeah. Very different. It is. I, I just like it's it's a, like a serious episode, though. So outside of Trev's favorite, no shirt. It is kind of an episode. I guess it's not that different because it is kind of like seeing the other side of seeing the sure. humanity in, in your enemy. So they are. That is a good point. Um, is this better than the prime mover? 39? Oh, 39? I think so. Yeah, I would say. Thing is, what you need in Mirror Image, I enjoyed more than this, but obviously this is a different kind of episode too. Is this better than a well, game? We wouldn't have Jacob's intro if it weren't for what you need. <laughs> losing his shoes. Mirror Image, we wouldn't have the discussion of uh, aerodyna- uh, aerodynamics or uh Stephen Hawking level from a woman who just spouts out stuff that seems illogical. I mean, I think putting it around two, but I think that's fair. Well, you got like Cause... a world difference, which is a nice place to visit, which is fats, not fats, but uh, that's the the dead, like where he's in hell, but doesn't realize yeah. he's in hell. Which one was long distance uh... call? Long distance call was the kid that called his grandpa, grandma, and no, it's he had tried to commit yeah. suicide. Child so you don't think it's as good as two, but better than long distance call? I didn't that's... think it's as good as two. Oh, trip. Never mind. Yeah, that that's, that's where I would say. You like it more than or less than unusual camera? I love a most unusual camera. That's probably one of that would that would be in my top ten. Some bad yards person over the rim. No, I, this this has more to say than a hundred yards over the rim. I think. A penny for your thoughts. That's the Dick Van Dyke York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think this goes above. The, for me, this doesn't go above Hitchhiker, which I know puts it in a weird place for you, Jake. But mm. well, Jacob would love if it didn't go above Hitchhiker. So, well, no, he'd, actually, no, he'd he would want love, per oh, chance he would hate to. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't think this episode is as good as a Muslim Jewel camera. I think it's better than two, better than long distance call, but not as good. As, see, a hundred yards over the rim, I would rank lower if we did this again. But I mean, I don't know. But yeah, I think this episode is like right below most unusual camera, right below, right above two. That's just how I look. I mean, I'm not fine with it. Should be. Well, give us your thoughts, Jacob. We'll have a quality of mercy taco, you know, hypothetically. I just want to go above perchance to dream. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing deeper to it. We got season four for that, Jacob. You got plenty of time. I guess at 30 is okay. No, wait, not 30. 31. Yeah. Is that where we said? 
Yeah, well, between most unusual camera and two. I thought you said you like two more than this. Is it Trev? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of indifferent to that whole area there. Yeah. So like whatever, but so you guys fight. Yeah, one, I, I, fight. I, I could do 30 or sorry, 31 just, or 32 for this. My I, whole thing is just the makeup situation. You really like sound. Charles Bronson. Like you'd like to, you'd like to ride. No, him I want like to put this above two. Uh, no, I'm not oh. the one who likes him shirtless, Trev. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I think that's cool. I'm good with that. I'm Unless not going to argue over a place. Mm-hmm. You want to be below Charles Bronson? No, below most usual camera. Also good. I don't know. You guys tell me. Like, no, I'm I'm good with that. I, I'm good with that. Are you good, see. or you just want to end the episode, Triv? What do you want to do? Oh, Nick wins. <laughs> Fatality or babality. No, I, I think this. I think friendship. this. <laughs> <laughs> in the end we're all friends people until i murder you have at it put me out of my right, misery so, so 31 for quality of mercy <laughs> i don't know where the hell we're putting this what yeah two <laughs> <laughs> no also we're putting it at number two no number three no. no three i mean i put it above the invaders sounds good to me we can do no that. above is meaning below it yeah <laughs> no i like how it's number 28 is a penny for your thoughts number 25 is 100 yards over the rim number 30 is a mostly usual camera number 31 is a quality but mercy the next the next uh episode is going to be like 32 so or 31 <laughs> again so yeah so we'll, we'll do that i think that'll work because apparently uh, i'm right always right so there you go yay um so with that said, new number 31, a quality of mercy. Uh, number one, so I, the beholder. Number 80, Trouble Templeton. Next episode, if I can find it, because I apparently forgot about it, is called Nothing in the Dark, season three, episode 16. Directed oh, by fantastic Johnson. episode. Apparently it's a fantastic episode. We'll Top discuss. fantastic? Is it hypothetically? I, I think it could be, but I, it's going to depend on the conversation. And I've not watched it in a dog's age either. So, you know, I'm going off of what I remember of it. So when are, when are we going to get to another one that's like we're going to argue about top five? Uh, Good question. The third man. Third, really? I tell, yeah. um, well, we have okay. I can tell you what's coming up. One more, uh, nothing in the dark. One more, Paul Bear. Dead man's shoes. The hunt. Showdown with Rance McGrew, and kick the can. Those are the next six episodes. So kick the can, maybe, maybe uh, I don't know. We'll see. Oh, that, that is but... one random piece of trivia. Um, the fact that this. This episode was um, used as a template for the um, the the segment that shall not be named from the Twilight Zone movie. Like it, uh, they kind of pulled the structure for that from this. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. It has that feel to it. Not not like, not the thing that happened, but the thing that it's trying to do. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Is Scatman Brothers uh, in it? He should no. be. That'd be I'm awesome. Scatman. <laughs> Ooh, um, it's coming up yeah that, that's probably gonna be a top five episode most likely but we'll see yeah, um anyways it, nothing in the dark is written by george clayton johnson it of course stars glass cooper rg armstrong and robert redford which is you know a huge actor so we'll look forward to that triv jacob i know you, at least triv you want to go to sleep at some point so i'll let you go first uh you have content you have a theater you are making content Actually, you just released a video in the last week and a half. So uh, where's that at? Uh, you can find me here on YouTube at Trivial Theater. Um, I just did Bloody Muscle Bloody, eh, blo- Buddy, <laughs> Buddy, 
Bloody Muscle Bloody Muscle Bodybuilders in Hell, which is a fantastically fun movie. It's a take on um Japanese it's kind of a Japanese version of the Evil Dead. Highly suggest it, lots of fun. Um upcoming is um uh Future War, which is a collab. I also have another collab coming with Nick that's called Meet the Feebles. So those will be coming Ooh, uh, in Meet the next couple so weeks. Good. Absolutely fantastic. Love it. <laughs> Meet the Feebles. Meet the Feebles. This gato. Play golf. I just want to be the fly. Um, J- Jacob. J- J- Jacob. You have content as well. You have I a do. chair. Where's all that stuff held? My YouTube channels. Uh, Jacob Enders Reviews and Retro Jake XY. Retro Jake XY is the one I'm working on mostly right now for the time being. Uh, Jacob Enders Reviews is taking is on a hiatus at the moment. Um, but yeah, I have content. Uh, hopefully by the time this comes out, first episode of my new documentary about the Nintendo 64 and its history and stuff and all that will be out on the Retro Jake channel. So check that out. It'll be, I think, five weeks. And then the whole thing will come out just like the last one. Woo-hoo. Check all that out. Please. Excellent. Yes, definitely check it out. We need Jake to get paid, man. Jake needs to yeah. get paid. He's a dollar bills, dollar dollar, hollow for dollar. I'm on the <laughs> downward hill to being uh what do we, what do we call it? Monetized? Yeah, monetized for that channel. My other channel is, but I don't put content on there anymore, so it's not very lucrative. Excellent. <laughs> but uh yeah, so follow their channels and of course follow my channel at Movie Emporium where I post content. Uh at the point of this review, I think we or uh, one episode away from Mission Impossible being done that I do a triv for the Dead Reckoning thing. I'm trying to think because this is reviewing a week before. Uh, and then, of course, I did a Indiana Jones collab with Jacob on Temple of Doom uh, and then other Jeez. reviews I post. So I look forward to that. But we're going to head out. We're going to give you guys a quality of mercy hypothetically and sleep and do what we do. So with that said, for myself, Jacob and Triv. We'll see you guys next time in the Twilight Zone. Peace out. Hypothetical motherfuckers. Thank you.